can you go as can you go as long as you want to go? And um, if we have any time left over, we'll we'll finish out with praise and prayer for the revival and stuff like that. So, okay. So don't don't feel rushed. Don't feel pushed. Wayward Souls, George Allen, <laughs> and Cheryl. <laughs> and when you get started, I'm going to go back and shut those doors. Good evening. When I saw you come in, I said, there's two more wayward souls. <laughs> I didn't know if you were going to be back or not. I figured you were still stuck in South Carolina. Oh, okay. okay. Good, good, good. All right. Well, let's go ahead. It's, uh, I, I got 7 o'clock. Let's go ahead and uh, get started. I appreciate y'all being here on this windy, rainy evening. But hey, you're here. So that's wonderful. So thank you for coming. Uh, as you know, Christy is going to be sharing with us uh, uh, for the service this evening. And uh, so I'm, I appreciate you coming and supporting her and uh, listening to what she has to say. I think it's going to bless your soul. Um, we want to, um, I've told her she can have, she can have all the time she needs. Uh, and if we have any time left over, we'll spend, we'll spend the remainder of that in prayer for the revival. Uh, and be praying, be praying for our revival coming up, be pray, asking God to reveal himself, to work in us like he needs to work in us, because that's what revival is about. Revival is not just about coming together, singing a few songs, hearing the preaching, going home, so wasn't that wonderful. Revival is about change. Revival is about stirring our souls, renewing our inner being. That's what, I, that's what I'm looking for. And so, uh, so let's be praying for that. Uh, let's, there's, there's uh, you know, all, the, all that are sick among us, let's be praying for all that are sick. There's still a lot of junk going around, whatever. Uh, spring's coming. Then allergy season kicks in for the, all of you allergens <laughs> out there. Uh, thank goodness. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, I, I have never really suffered from allergies, so but for uh, everyone who does, everyone that does, so uh, let's pray for them. Uh, appreciate your prayers for our oldest granddaughter, Courtney. Uh, she had a, uh, she's had a knee injury, and uh, she has uh, torn her ACL, and uh, so they, they got the diagnosis today, and so that's going to. Well, it, you know, it, it's going to knock her out of soccer. It's going to knock her out of tennis and, and all that stuff. So that's, so I don't know when they're going to do the surgery, but, was, uh, but the doctor told them today that the surgery is only going to be corrected. Uh, so so uh, let's, let's pray for Courtney uh, as well. Uh, and uh, uh, Anyway, there's a lot of other needs that we need to pray for. And God, God knows every one of them. 
Do you have do you have special needs you want to pray for tonight as we get started? Surely do. My uncle passed away this morning. That's number three of your family that has passed away within the last few days. Mm, goodness gracious. My um, mother's sister Let's pray for them, because uh, Cheryl, right when Billy died, she had an aunt, just Maybe right, there. yeah, yeah, we buried Billy, what, on Friday, and uh, Thursday. Thursday, and we and and she buried her Sunday. Sunday, yeah, yeah, so there's another, just remember, remember all these families are in our prayers. Um, now, he is having surgery. I think he's scheduled on Tuesday of next week. That, 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 that's, if I remember correctly, his surgery was for the, see, the 4th or 5th. It may be Monday or Tuesday of next week. Ricky Stevens that comes here, you know, uh, son. And uh, but he's, he's been having a lot of arthritic, uh, arthritic uh, issues, and so they've been doing some surgery on his neck. And, uh, so so let's, uh, let's be praying for him. Yes, yes. Yes, go ahead and share that with everybody. That's a good thing. Praise the Lord. Mm, that's wonderful because it has been a, it's been a battle since the day she was born. So, wonderful news, wonderful news. Thank God for that. Anybody else before we pray, Jamie? Yes, sir. Sure. And that's, you know, at least, at least they're not miserable while they're here. That, that says something good. That says something good. So, uh, and uh, look, we understand. We, uh, we understand. And, uh, you know, I, our, our children, there was never an option for them about going to church. Because, you know, we, we nobody ever asked the question. My boys never looked at me and said, I don't want to go to church today, even when they got teenagers, because they knew it wasn't an option. So we never had that discussion. Thank God. I mean, they, we, you didn't either, did you, Georgia? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So, 
Uh, so, but we understand it, but with Jamie, with Jamie's job situation and the way it is, I mean, it is, it's, it's difficult to get that consistency. That's right. That, that's, that's, a, that's an issue. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes that goes, that goes along with the teenage years. Some people call them the wonder years. As parents, we wonder if we're going to make it through it. <laughs> and you wonder if you're going to kill them or not, you know, in the process. Uh, you know, it's, somebody said, no, I won't, I won't call any names. Um, but uh, said when you know when a, when a child gets 13, they go brain dead, and they don't wake up until it, it used to be 21. Now I think it's 30. I think it's been pushed back. I don't think they wake up until they're 30 now. So, so there, there's a period of time they're brain dead. They just they just don't think. They just don't reason. So, but look, there's there's some great there's some great kids, great kids. So you have to love them. Amen. Well, well, we're taking up time. And uh, so anybody else have, have, have prayer needs you want to? Amen. Amen. Oh, bless your heart. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you turn your cheek one time too many. <laughs> well, let's let us pray. Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity we have to come and assemble in your house. And God, to, to, to just enjoy one another's company. Lord, to talk and to laugh with one another. But yet also, Lord, to hear your word and hear what you're doing in other people's lives. That's a good thing, God. And so, Father, I just pray, Lord Jesus, that you will keep everybody safe. And, Father, Lord, that you will be with everyone that's surrounding us. God, I pray, Lord Jesus, for every need that's been represented here, every need that's been spoken for, you have heard every one of them. Those that have suffered death in their family, God, we pray, Lord, that you will comfort them. Thank you, Lord, for the good news, and Lord Jesus, for touching Libby, and Lord, blessing her, and God, getting her to this particular point. Continue to heal those kidneys, and continue to mend, and Lord, to make whole. And Father, Lord, for, uh, for, for those that are sick among us. And Lord, touch Janie. Lord, you, you, care, you care about pull the teeth. You care about all of those things. So God, we pray for Janie. Lord, that you will be with her. And Father, Lord, uh, others that God, uh, that, that, that need a touch of heaven. God, Courtney, uh, our granddaughter, Lord, may you touch her. May you bless her, Lord, as she's facing, Lord, this knee surgery. And Father, Lord, we just pray that, Lord, that you will bless all of our young people. Bless those that are leading our kids in the back. And, Lord Jesus, that you will minister unto them. Lord, we're believing. I'm believing this church is going to grow. I believe in God uh, that you're going, to, you're, you're going to do something that's so phenomenal here that, God, we're all going to scratch our heads and say, God, I just can't believe you've done this. So, Father, Lord, we're just trusting in you. We're believing in you. We're honoring you. And we are relying upon you. And now, God, we just pray for our revival that is coming up. We're praying that, Lord, that you, that there's, there's, there are very specific things I've asked you for, and I'm believing, God. I'm believing, God, that you're going to work, you're going to move. Lord Jesus, you're going to help us, oh God, to grow. And, Lord Jesus, you're going to help to weed out. And, Lord Jesus, you're going to help to cultivate. 
You're going to help to pull up some weeds, Lord, among us. And, Lord Jesus, I, I make sure that our roots are going deeper and deeper, Lord, in you. And now, Father, Lord, I pray for Christy tonight, Lord Jesus, as she stands before us and the, the, the things that she has to share from her own personal perspective and, and experience. And that, God, I know the enemy, he tries to work, he tries to keep us down, but, God, we just press on through and we just give thanks unto you for every goodness, every mercy, and every grace you've given unto us. Now may the power of God, Lord, rest upon us, and Lord Jesus, may your word go forth among us in everything we do. And it's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray and we ask it. Amen and amen. So, Christine, there's no introduction. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, I told you, Pastor, the, the enemy was trying to keep me out of my stuff today. My dog stepped on my computer, thought I lost my notes twice. So, um, yeah, I told Paula last night, I said, well, I said, you know, I haven't written it all out. I've just got an outline. And then God told me, you might want to write it down. So I wrote it down <laughs> last night. I was up a little late writing it down. Yeah, he was like, you might want to write it down, so I did. Um, and so I will be referring to my notes, just because it's been a while since I've talked um, in front of a crowd. So, um, you know, I may be a little nervous here and there. And you may see me cry. If I cry, God made me this way. So if something moves me, I may cry. Just ignore it. I want to talk through it. You probably see me do that in church, too. You know, he's talking to me, so I'm just like, you know. Not pretty sometimes, but you just ignore it. Um, so, you know, Pastor Elvin, um, as he was pulling things together for the revival, he came to me and he asked me to lead the prayer team, right? And, <clears throat> you know, he came to me and he said, Hey, Christy, I got something to ask you. And I was like, What? He goes, I want you to lead the prayer team. And I had one of those deer in the headlight kind of moments. So I was like, do I stay or do I run, right? I was like, oh. But my mouth opened up, and I said, sure, I'll do it, right? And I'll explain why I said yes a little bit later. But inside I was thinking, what in the world have you gotten yourself into? You have no clue what you're doing. You honestly don't know where to start. You don't know what to say. You don't know how to pull it together. But with me, one thing, I don't let that get in my way, right? And I... I research and I find, I, I look, I look for things, I research. I said, God's going to, he's going to show it to me what I need to do. And so that's what I did. And so I was pulling um, Bible studies together about revival. I was pulling um, scripture together, reading scripture about um, being transformed by God, being focused on God, seeking God. And through all of that, I, all of a sudden it just hit me. And, and it, I felt God was speaking to me, and he goes, Christy, this is what you've been going through for the past two years. You've been going through a personal revival yourself. It didn't feel like a revival. It felt like a beatdown, and you'll, you'll hear about it in, in a little bit. But that's what it was. And I, and I could finally see it for what it was. And, you know, and I was really grateful um, that he showed me that. And then as, as I was meditating on it, and I was like, oh, yeah, I said, yeah, you're right, because it was just like the stuff coming off the page. I was like, that was me. Yeah, I did that. Yep, that happened. And 
I was like, well, God, you know, do you want me to share this? I, you know, I, I'm not the type of person that wants to be in the center of attention. I'm good being behind the scenes. I'm perfectly okay there. I don't want to be here. I don't want to, you know, be in front of people. But I felt God wanted me to be. He wanted me to share my story. And so I prayed over it. And I was like, yeah, 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 right. Yep. And so I was gung-ho. I was preparing. I was like, yep, this is what he wants me to do. Then I went to bed. Then I got up the next morning. And I was like, hmm, did God really tell me that? I don't know if he really told me that. Did I misread him? Did I, did I hear, hear, hear it wrong? I don't know. I don't know. So I was, I was doubting myself. I was doubting what I was hearing. And so um, we, I did what a lot of us do. I said, hey, God, you know, if you really want me to do this, because you don't listen. Sometimes you don't listen the first time, right? You've you got to go, okay, good God. You know, I don't know if that was really you. Um, I think you really need to show me again. You need to give me a sign if you really want me to share my story. And, and when I got to that point, I said, well, okay, this is what I'm going to do, God. I'm going to go talk to Pastor Elvin and ask him a question. And I said, if you really want me to, to rip my, present my story and about my own personal revival, I'll know after having that conversation with him. So one Sunday, I talked to Pastor Elwin, and I, and I asked him, this is the question I asked him, I said, why'd you pick me to lead this, this prayer team? I'm just curious, why did you pick me? And after that conversation, and we were talking, it just reaffirmed that God wanted me to share my story. So here I am, and like I said before, I may cry, I may get a little emotion, just ignore it, it'll go away. Um, I got my tissue, as long as I can read the words, we'll be good. Um, and so, but, you know, two years ago, um, where my, when my story began of really getting into my personal revival, my, my personal revival actually started before that, but two years ago, I would, I would have never stood in front of you. I would, no, no, thank you. No, thank you. I was not at the place that I was ready to share. Um, because in my life, and, and, and putting it in perspective, um, I think the devil had, has bullied me um, quite a bit my entire life because what he does is he uses fear, he uses intimidation, he uses doubt to keep you down, to keep you from being your best self for God, right? And so that's what he had done, and that's what he, he was like, hmm, you're not going to open up, you're not going to share. People are going to judge, this is what he kept, the enemy kept telling they're going to judge you. They're going to think worse of you. They're not going to trust you. Um, all, all these things, you know, all that garbage that he does to us and does to our minds. Um, so two, year, two years ago, I wasn't ready for it. But I'm here today because God's made me stronger through all of this. And I really appreciate it. I can appreciate it now. Um, poor Pastor Elvin got lots of late calls from me when I was going through it. Um, so... As I, as, you know, I was wanting to get closer to God. I was serious about it. Um, I, you know, I, I prayed to God, and I asked him, I was like, hey, God, I know I'm not in, my, I'm not in the right place with you. My, my attendance at church is lazy at best. I come sometimes, sometimes I don't. I'm going to admit it. I mean, there's lots of Christians that do the same thing. You come, oh, something came up. I'm going to go do that. I'm not going to church. I wasn't giving God FaceTime 
right? God wasn't giving him the time that he deserved. He was not in the center of everything. And God should be in the center of everything we do. He should always be there first. And I realized it. God already knew it. He was just waiting for me to admit it and do something about it, right? And I, I really feel God was calling me, calling me and telling me, you can, you can do better. You can do better. And I want you to come home. And I prayed over it. And this is why I say this is a revival story. I said, God, transform me. And that's what revival is, right? It's the personal transformation. It starts with us. And we can't help other people if we don't first transform ourselves. And so I prayed over it. I prayed over it all the time. And it's funny because I would go, hey, God, I, I feel like you want me to do something. I feel you. I know you want me to get closer to you. So you, you need to help me. You need to help me. And so I prayed and prayed, <laughs> had lots of conversations uh, with God. And I, I started, I, you know, I was looking for a church. It's like, I need a church. God, I need one closer to my house. Then I found this church. When I started coming here, I didn't come every Sunday. I was trying to get comfortable. I am naturally a sh shy person. don't like to be in front of people. But as I got more comfortable, I started coming every Sunday. And most Sundays, you will see me here. Um, I usually sit over here. Sometimes I may sit somewhere else, but it's usually over here. And, you know, I was getting serious about my relationship with God. And it won't just be a seat warmer, because there's a difference between a, being a seat warmer in church and really building your relationship with God. Because it's not about what you do on Sunday. It's what you, about you do on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, too. And so I was really getting serious about it. I was talking to him. I was in his word. I was asking for him to transform me. I was asking him to reveal to me things that I may have been doing that were not right in his eyes. And believe me, my life is not some wild, crazy life. You know, it looks very tame. In this world that we live in, my life is tame. Very, very tame. But that doesn't mean that I didn't let things into my life that I shouldn't have. And so I was asking him, I said, please, Lord, reveal to me what I need to change. Show me, show me. I would throw in on occasion, please be gentle. Please be gentle. But um, sometimes we kind of need to be hit over the head with it to get it, right? And, and I think what I experienced the past two years was what I needed. It was the hitting it over the head that I got because I'm stubborn. And so, you know, as I was coming and attending church, I started working on becoming a member of the church, so I attended the membership classes. And I think that upset the enemy when he saw I was truly serious. Because the enemy started messing with me as soon as I started taking membership classes. He did. Very last class, it was on. He was playing mind games. The very night I left here, he started playing mind games with me. And what I mean by that is out of the blue, well, I, would be, I would be meditating, talking to God. I'd be reading scripture. And I read scripture out loud a lot because it helps me understand. To me, you know, God tells us the spoken word is very powerful. And so it helps me, it helps me understand. I have to hear it. 
because it, it just speaks to me more that way. And I, as I would be reading, it was like this, it's, it's really, really, really hard to, to explain, but it would be like these random, random thoughts, random, just, I would be reading and speaking, and all of a sudden this inappropriate word, an offensive word, that didn't belong, I'm not going to go into all the things that happened, but it would be like random offensive things. And I'm like, oh my goodness, where did that come from? I was like, oh, Lord, I'm sorry. That offends me, so I know it offends you. Where did it come from? Every time I tried to read in the Bible, it would happen to me. It was like there was this evil presence throwing, it was waiting for me to read, and it would just throw these things at me. It was like it was trying to keep me out of God's word. And it was, kind of, and it was, it was very difficult. It was really, really hard. I mean, it was, it was rough, um, and that went on for a couple of months with that. And if that wasn't enough of these things of coming in with, with words and thoughts as I was reading scripture, then he started attacking me with visual imagery, the enemy did. Because when I would talk to Jesus, I sat down and I visualized, visualized having conversations with Jesus. And it wasn't just me talking. It was conversation, and I truly believe Jesus was guiding those conversations. Well, when I would be doing that, the enemy goes, well, I'll fix that. He would throw in imagery, imagery I've never had come into my mind ever before in my life. So I was dealing with, when I read Scripture, he was throwing things at me, trying to stop me from reading Scripture. When I was trying to meditate and have conversations with Jesus and build my relationship with Jesus, he would throw imagery at me, and all of it was offensive because he knew I didn't want to offend God because I was serious. I was serious about building my relationship with God, and I'm still serious. I don't want to offend God. I will stop myself in the moment, and I'm so self-conscious of it now. I was like, oh, God, I'm so sorry. That was offensive to you. I know it was. I didn't treat that person kindly today, or I misspoke, or I did this. I, I, I pray a lot all day long, because he's still working in me. He works in all of us. Until the day we take our last breath on this earth, he is working on us. And so I am very conscious of that, and I don't want to offend him. And I think the enemy knew that. He knew I didn't want to offend God. And so he kept throwing these imagery, these words, these things, and it was devastating to me as a person who was trying to work with God to transform who I was and be a Christ follower like he wanted me to be. And it was, it, I mean, it was, it, was, it was emotionally devastating, right? I, I'm like, I can't, Lord, I don't know what's going on. I can't stop. I can't stop it. That's, the, that's what I want you to hear. It's me. I can't stop it. I can't control it because I was trying to do it. And while I was struggling with through all of that, I started having nightmares on top of it. So in my nightmares, I was battling Satan. I often woke up calling out the name of Jesus to save me. I had a nightmare one time where Satan was a black dragon, and he told me he was going to have me. He told me, he was going to consume me. And I woke up rebuking him in the name of Jesus from my sleep. 
And it wasn't the first time that I had to do that. So just imagine, this was going on six months, but it kept building up. It started out with thoughts, pack of imagery, then nightmares on top of that for six months. And all of that time, I was praying to God. I, was, I had all this guilt. And you know, as we feel guilty, what happens to our minds, we replay all those mistakes that we feel that we caused, right? So then, not only was the enemy throwing things at me, I was beating myself up, and those, those same things were bouncing around in my head. I was like, oh, don't let that come back in there. So I was, be, I was like, uh-oh, get out of there again, right? Because I was beating myself up and had so much guilt. He was, the enemy was having a field day. He was happy, right? Because he was just, he goes, I got her. She's going to let go. This is, whew, I got her. I got her so distracted, she can't even hardly read the word. But what he didn't realize was my determination with God's help. The more he pulled on me, the more I was determined to read the word. I don't care if it took me 30 minutes to get through scripture this long. That's what I would do. I would read it. And I would read it. And the enemy kept telling me, you've offended God so greatly you're going to hell. That's what he told me. And I said, well, you know what? That's okay. I'll still serve Jesus on the way there. It's fine. You can't send me there. Only God can. And so I kept on and on and on with this. And then, I don't know how it came about. All this time, what I want you to hear was, I was trying to control it. I was trying to do it. I never asked God to step in and help me. So, as all of this was going on, I had a, a night where I was meditating, talking to Jesus. And I was so upset. So I was talking to him. I was so guilty and so deep into my soul that I couldn't even face Jesus. Jesus was behind me sitting on a rock because we, we met up at the beach. I hate the beach, guys. I hate the beach, but that's where we went. That's where he led me to. So I'm sitting there talking. I am sobbing. I'm sobbing out loud. My family hears me sobbing out loud. And I'm talking to Jesus. And I said, Jesus, I'm so sorry. I am so, so sorry. I cannot control this. I do not know where it's coming from. I'm so sorry I'm offending you. I don't know what to do. And this is where God stepped in, and I know he did. He, he guided my thought. I don't know if it was a vision. I don't know what it was. But I know he was there. And through all of this, I never doubted that God was with me. I, he was there. He talked to me. I knew he was there. Because he was, he was trying to get me to listen. So in this meditation session with him, in this conversation I have with him, he says, Christy, let's take a walk on the beach. And he goes, and this is basically what, how the conversation went. He started asking me questions. And he goes, Christy, who made those waves that are in the ocean? I said, God made those waves. Who made that bird that flies in the sky? God made that bird that flies in the sky. He goes, look around. Who made what you see? I said, God made what, what I see. And he goes, think about it. What does that mean? If God created it all, who's in control of it all? 
right? He's God. And he goes, you're fighting a battle that's not yours to fight. This is a spiritual battle. It's God's. He already won it. Why are you wasting your energy? Give it to God. Quit beating yourself up. Hand it over. And in this, in this conversation, in this in meditation, he goes, come here. He takes my hand. He walks me to the right hand of God. And we step up into the right hand of God. And he goes, I'm with you. He's with you. We're not going to let go. We're not going to let go. It's okay. It's our battle. Right? So I got out of it. I said, yep, I understand. And rationally, my mind understood that it wasn't my battle, that God wasn't mad at me, that God wasn't condemning me. I rationally understood that. But these fleshy bodies of ours are stubborn, right? I was, I was still struggling with giving up control to God and submitting it to God. And so I was still having these rebound episodes of guilt. And he kept telling me, and in the imagery, he goes, Christy, this is what I want you to remember. I want you to remember to focus on me and other people. And this is what he was telling me to do. This is Mark 12, 30 through 31. Hopefully I can read. I've got tears in my eyes. And you shall love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. He told me if I would focus on those two things, that all this noise, all this attack would go away. That's all I had to do. Just focus on those two things and it would go away. But in my, and I read, and I, in my rational mind, I, I was like, okay, I got it, God. And that subconscious, fleshy part, I couldn't let it go. I still had that guilt. Because stuff would still come in. Right? Yes, God was battling it for me, but the battle was still going on. So I was still being attacked. And I, and I was like, God, but I, I still feel guilty that all of this coming in, this coming in, I feel guilty. I don't want it there. I don't know what to do about it. Well, he told me what to do about it. Stop worrying about it. Give it to him. But I couldn't do it. I tried. I tried. I tried. And thank goodness, somewhere in between there, what God did is he led me to a Christian counselor. A wonderful, wonderful man. He led me, to, and I know without a doubt he led me to, I, I don't remember all the circumstances, but I know it was God, I could feel it. It's just too many coincidences for it not to be God that led me to this person. And as we were going through our counseling sessions, it was, um, you know, it was very enlightening for me and this is where part of my revival kicks in it he gave me an exercise um, during one of our earlier sessions because I explained to him all the battles that I was that I was experiencing he goes Christy I think you've got you've let the devil have some 
footholds in your life. Because we've got to take care of those footholds and we need to pray over them. And these footholds were not like drastic things. These footholds were things that maybe I watched that I shouldn't have watched on regular TV. Because we need to be mindful of what we're watching. Are we watching things that are the light, and that are a glorification of God? Or are we watching something that's not? Are we listening to music that glorifies God? Or are we listening to music that's not appropriate in God's eyes? Simple things that seem simple. And it could have been, you know, it's not like I listened to some crazy music. It might have been country music. It might have been just a regular TV show that anybody else wouldn't have thought twice about watching, right? And he revealed, and I, and I prayed over it, and he revealed so much to me, a lot of these little things that I had led into my life. And as I was going through it, I actually had a person that he revealed to me that was having a negative influence on me and that wasn't in alignment with God. He told me to stop that relationship with that person, and I stopped it. He told me to cut out some things in my life, and I cut them out of my life. And so the reason I say it's revival because he was working on me. He was opening things up. He was opening my eyes to see things that I needed to change for him. And so I did. I did it. I was, I was praying over it. I, pr- I prayed over it. And I prayed over everything that I can think of that I could have potentially done. And I was like, God... I'll pray over it. I'm sure there was something else that you hadn't showed me yet, so I'm sorry for that, too. So when you get ready to reveal that to me, let me know, and we'll work that out, too. I even, through this exercise, I prayed over every room of my house. I told the devil to get out of my house. I told him to quit, quit picking on me. I'm not going to have it anymore. This was God's house, and he needed to be out. And I'm, when I say I prayed over every room, I prayed in the bathrooms, I prayed in the closets. I played, prayed in the laundry room. I, played in, I prayed in my bedroom, my kids' room. I prayed in my yard. I said, get out. You're not welcome here. You're not welcome around me at all. And I, I did that several times. Prayed over the things that I had led into my life several times. You know, I prayed over it because I wanted to make sure I didn't forget anything. I prayed in my house. Told, him to, told the devil to leave me alone. Once in a while, he would try to poke his head in. I was like, nope, you got to get out, got to get out. And I'm not saying that all the, all the noise went away because it didn't get away, go away because God wasn't done with me yet. So as we were going through all of these things, I'm trying to find my notes because I lost my, where was it? The council also helped me to understand the spiritual warfare better too, right? Because that this battle I was fighting wasn't my own. The guilt I was experiencing, he was like, why do you feel guilty? I was like, because I, I should not be able to, I should be able to control this coming in. He goes, an attack of the enemy is an attack of the enemy. It's not you doing it. It's the enemy doing it. Why do you feel guilty? Why are you letting it eat you up? And so it really helped me put it in perspective of understanding of that that it wasn't me and I shouldn't feel guilty for it. I prayed over it. I did pray over it and I still pray over it because the, the enemy still tries to mess with me sometimes. And I'll pray over it, but I'll give it to God now. I was like, God, 
I don't know why that came in there. I'm not sure. I don't think that was for me. I think it may be some of this residual rebound mess going on. Some sensory, because sensory things would trigger it. I would see certain things or hear certain things, and all of a sudden these rebound things would pop back into my head. And so, but I would pray over it. I'd ask for forgiveness anyway, just in case it was my own thing going on. I told God, I said, well, I said, you know me better than myself. I don't know how you wired me up here, but, um, you know, please forgive me if it's, if it's something I'm doing that's causing it. Um, but I do know it's your battle, and I'm not going to dwell over it anymore. And so I gave it to him. And I was starting to see improvement. I did, nightmares went away. And the, what I'll call noise, some of Satan's attacks and some of this rebound guilt, it started to settle some. But he still wasn't done with me. He still wasn't done with me. So this is going on over a year. Then, and I was in counseling for eight months. We had a lot to work through. And which I, I value now. This, this counsel was wonderful. And if you have anybody in your life that may need someone, feel free to reach out to me. I would be glad to give you this person's name. He's, he's, he is so wonderful. And as we were wrapping it up, our sessions, what I was struggling with, and I didn't even realize I was struggling with it until he pointed it out to me in the session. He, he said, Christy, he goes, do you know God really loves you? I said, yeah, the work that he does. He goes, but do you really know that he loves you? And he knows that you love him. And I said, I said, but I said, how does he know that I love him? And we had this conversation. And at the time, he didn't give me he didn't give me an assignment for that. But I, on my own, I believe God led me to he led me to a Bible study about love, his love, and how we express our love to him. And it helped me to understand that he knows that I love him. Because God knows that we love him by how we live our life. If we are a reflection of him and his truth, and we strive and ask him to transform us to be more like Jesus, he knows we love him. That's how he knows. So if you love Jesus, you should aspire to be like Jesus. I hate that we don't go around going, what would Jesus do? Why did that go out? It shouldn't have gone out because that's what we should be thinking in this day and age. What would Jesus do in this moment? How would Jesus would respond to this? How does he want me to respond to be more like him? And it really helped me because I didn't realize I was struggling with that, but I was. I told you, he had lots to do, so that's why I went through a lot of things. This was over a two-year, about a two-year period that I was doing this. So, and I felt that I really needed to share this because I think people need to know that as you draw closer to God, 
and really have a meaningful relationship with him. You know, the devil don't care if you sit on that first pew and you don't really build your relationship with God. He don't care. He'll let you sit there all day long. Oh, you go to a church function? Okay, go ahead. Go to a church. But are you talking to God? Are you reading his word? Are you living what God wants you to live? If you're not, the devil don't care. He's like, let you go on. Go on. Do your thing. Do your thing. I don't have to bug, bug with you. You're already going where I want you to go. I ain't got to worry about you. But as you draw closer to God and really want to be transformed and ask God to transform you, be prepared. That transformation may be painful. It was painful for me. I thought, at point, my, hus- my poor husband and my family, they probably thought I was going crazy. Because if you don't experience it firsthand, or if you're not struggling with some of these mental struggles, because we have so many people that have anxiety, and we have so many people that have all these emotional issues, um, you know, are those are attacks from the enemy, trying to keep you pinned down. Pray over it. There may be something that you need to work out, and God's waiting for you to ask him to help you work it out. And so it's, it was definitely painful, um, but it was worth it. It was, I'm not the same person I was two years ago. Two years ago, I wouldn't have stood in front of you. Because two years ago, I wouldn't have opened up and shared my story. Because I would be worried about being judged. I went from being a people pleaser to a God pleaser. And that's what I want to be, a God pleaser in my life. Now, I love people. God wants me to love people. I pray that God helps me to love the way he loves. And sometimes I have to do extra prayers for that with certain people. I have people, I have, I have started, I carry a prayer book around me, with me. It's a little bitty book. I have names of people I pray over. And when I'm struggling in a relationship with someone, I put their name in there. I say, God, this is a two-way street. Help me. Help me show up with love and light when I deal with this person. And Lord, transform this person's heart and soften their heart. So that is something I've started doing. And I journal a lot. I talk to God a lot. And I don't, there's not a day that I, goes by now that I don't talk to God. I talk to him every day. Talk to him in a, people probably think I'm crazy because I'm talking to God when I'm going down the street. I'll talk to God in the middle of a store. It's like, oh, that lady's a little, got something loose up there. She's talking out loud to herself. But that's okay. Because when, like I said, when I find in the moment I'm not where I need to be for God, and I don't catch everything. You know, we're in this fleshy body. Sometimes we let our emotions get in the way. We let frustrations get in the way. But I still pray over it and go, God, if I did something that I need to do differently, reveal it to me, please. And if, I, and if you don't reveal it to me, forgive me anyway. It can work with me in whatever that area is. I mean, I'm definitely, definitely still a work in progress. But when I was preparing for this, and I forgot to tell you this at the beginning, when... I thought God may have wanted me to share my story. He told me to go back through my prayer journal. I was like, okay. So 
So I was flipping through my prayer journal. I have a lots of journals. <laughs> I have lots of journals. Most of them, they're not all of them completely full. I would pray in one and I'd pick up another one. But but there's a lot of them. And because it helps me sometimes to write my thoughts down. I write letters to God. And then I and then I write how God what is God telling me? What would what would God tell me with this struggle? What would he say? What does his word say? And I came across one of those things in my journal. I don't know when I wrote it, but I do believe it was guided by him. And this is what I want to share with you as what motivated me to share. Because I think there may be someone out there that feels the same way, who struggles with whether God loves them because of things they've done. And I want to reassure you, he loves you. All you have to do is open the door and ask him to come in. It doesn't matter where you're at in your life. It doesn't matter if you're on the edge of, if you got just a little bit, a little bit of belief, start praying and watch him move. All you got to do is, you don't even have to open the full door. Open up the little cubby hole. Let him in. Pray. Talk to him. Just talk to him. Talk to him and see what it does for your life. So this is what this is what motivated me to come and share my story. This is what I wrote and what I felt God was telling me that I was so hard-headed and it took me 2 years to get to. And this is this is written like he's talking to me. It is not very articulate because who knows what kind of emotional state when I wrote this. So forgive me if it's not the best in the world, but here's what it said. This is Christy. I had to root out, root it out. I had to open your eyes. Talking about all this stuff I went through. I love you. Don't let the liar mess with your mind. I have shown you over and over again, have I not? I have not left you. I love you. Don't let fear of what the devil puts in your way keep you from my love and my forgiveness. Do you not reject his lies and pray over these things? I know your heart. You are my child. I love you always. I forgive you. I saved you on that cross. Hear me in your heart. And that's a message I think people need to hear because they're struggling. They're in fear that, God, I've done this major thing. How can he forgive me? He, ask him to forgive you. And most importantly, forgive yourself. Who are we not to forgive ourselves when God gives us that grace and forgives us? We're hurting ourselves when we don't forgive ourselves and give it to God. And let it rest. Let it lay. Leave it at the cross. It's hard. Believe me, I know it's hard. I went through two years of trying to leave it at the cross because I was so eat up with guilt with these things I didn't want to come in in my head. So if anybody's out there watching and you hear God calling you, if this message was for you, that God loves you, God is waiting on you to work in your life. 
I welcome you to come this weekend and be part of our revival. Don't be afraid of being judged. Don't. Because there's a difference between judgment and correction. You do correction out of love. And we should, as Christians, correct one another when we're not in alignment with God. And that's a big difference. A correction is not judgment. A correction is love. And don't ever forget that. And be open to correction. It's hard. It's hard for our egos, right? Our fleshy egos get in the way. And you sometimes can't take that correction. But we need it. We need it when we're not in alignment with God. So I, I want you to come. If you need to come. Have a conversation. You do not have, don't judge. Don't, don't judge yourselves selves about how other people show up to church. You don't know what that person, those people's relationship is with God. You only know what your relationship is with God. Don't compare yourself to other people. That doesn't matter. Because those people that you think have a close relationship with God may not. He will teach you. He will tell you what you need to do if you ask him to come into your life. And I'm so grateful. I'm not ashamed of what I went through. I'm not ashamed of where I was because of where he's brought me to be. He's got me where he wants me. I knew he wanted me to do something. I don't know ultimately if this is what he was wanting me to do is to share my story. He may have something else planned for me. I don't know. But I told him, I said, God, if this church asks, asks me to do anything, I will do it. Because I'm serious about serving you. Unless you tell me that that's not what you want me to do. So if you ask me, I will say yes. And unless God tells me, oh, I don't really want you to do that. But I may have to say, maybe not right now, if I'm too busy. If I'm too busy with others to go with the church. But I told him that. And I told Pastor Elvin that. I'm like, if you need me to do it, ask me. Because God, I'm serious about it. I'm serious about serving God. And I, I, would, I really want other people to be serious about their relationship with God. And to serve God. And to show up for God. What has he called us to do? He has called us to share his word, his light with other people. And it's, believe me, it's hard, especially if you're an introvert. It is very hard to have a conversation with, with people. And I want to, I didn't even know it, but I gave someone a testimony and I didn't even realize God was calling on me to do it. I had no idea that I had done that. I was on a trip with someone and someone was struggling with their faith. And this is before I even got to the close relationship that I have with God today. They were struggling. They knew that I was a Christian. Now, granted, I was a lazy Christian at that time. I wasn't where I needed to be, but I still loved God. I knew I wasn't right where I needed to be, and I knew it. And I was praying for him to help me. And she asked me questions. I made it safe for her. I did not judge her. I opened up. I told her my thoughts of where she was. Because, she, because of an experience she had growing up, she was put off by churches because of her experience. And I, and I reassured her 
I said, someone who loves God will not do that to you. Someone who's in line with God would not do that to you. They would only correct you if you're not in alignment with them. And two years, about two years later, I found out she had joined a, a um, Bible study with a church. She was not going to church. She was put off by church. And at that time, too, for some reason, it came into my heart. It, God must have reminded me about that conversation. And I bought something for her. And I gave it to her. I can't remember exactly if it was a Bible study. It was something of encouragement. It was God's word. And I gave it to her and I said, open this when you get home. And I got a call from her. And she goes, I needed that. Thank you. So God can use us even when we're not, when we're sloppy Christians. But I don't want to be a sloppy Christian. I want to love him and serve him. And don't let fear get in the way. Don't let you feeling inadequate get in the way. He's got a place for you. You just got to ask him what it is. And I'm still figuring out exactly where he wants me, what he wants me to do. I'm just listening. But the one thing I do want you to take away was I never felt alone through all these struggles. I knew God was there. I knew he was there. I never felt abandoned. I was just too hard-headed to let go and to surrender. But that's what we have to do. We can't do it on our own against the enemy. We're not strong enough without God. We have to put it in his hands. So anyway, that is my story. And so I definitely encourage you, if you have not encouraged someone to come for the, to the revival, Ask them to come. You never know what one simple invitation, one simple conversation can open up for people. And always remember to be kind and to show God's light. And if you don't and you realize you're not, admit it. I apologize to people. And they're like, what are you talking about? I was like, I didn't show up the way I needed to. I didn't show your respect in that moment. And they hadn't even thought about it. But God corrected me. And so I apologized anyway. And asked for forgiveness and how I showed up. So I encourage you to do that. But, and I really appreciate y'all letting me talk to y'all tonight. And I told you I would be crying. I don't think I did too bad. At least I could still read. I didn't even follow my notes after I got off the first page. Um, but that's okay. God was with me. He was guiding what, it, what needed to be said. So, thank you all. And I hope you have a very blessed night and blessed rest of the week. And as, you know, over the prayer team where I had no clue, I am asking you to pray. It doesn't matter how you pray. Your prayer can be this short as long as it's from the heart. That's what matters to God. Do you mean it or are you just saying it? That's what he cares about. Do you mean it? Thanks.
What a good testimony. I knew you'd be blessed by it because I, I, I walked with her through some of this stuff. And, uh, and, and I, I've never told Christy this, but I told my wife one day, I said, Christy cannot get a hold of her thinking. She's going to go absolutely crazy with this. But she did, thank God. You know, God puts a lot of people in our pathway. And God gives us a lot of help along the way. And, uh, and so, uh, I, I, think, I think all of this was order to the Lord. Coming into our revival. That's, that's, see, she is demonstrating what revival is about. And what I've been trying to say to you again, revival is not about services. Revival is not about coming together and having preaching and having singing. And that, that's not what revival is. Revival is getting God in your face and in your heart and in your life and changing you. That's right, stirring you up. That's what revival is. Revival's, and as Christy said, and I'm not going to hash what she said. She said it better than I can say it. As Christy said, it's, it's painful. And so because it's painful, We've been, we've, been fed, we've been fed this baby food somewhere along the way that if it's painful, it's not of God. No, 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 no. Sometimes the most painful things you'll ever go through is because God took you there. Remember what David prayed. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That's the scariest place you can ever walk in your life. But what did he conclude? For thou art with me. Well, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Amen. 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 Remember, revival, be praying, be inviting. Let's come together. And it's not about how many's here. That's not what's important to me. How many's here is not what's important to me. It's who's here that's important. Because who's here will be blessed if they'll open their heart to the Lord and let Him move in our lives. Amen? Amen. Father, go with us. Keep us. Be with us. Bless us, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for Christy Lipsman. Thank you, Lord, for bringing Christy to this church. And, Father, Lord, letting her be a part of this fellowship. And, Lord, all the work she does, God. Lord, many people don't see it because she's so often in the background. And, Lord Jesus, not part of the scene. But, Lord Jesus, but we thank you, Lord, for people like her that have come. And, Lord Jesus, many more will come. And, Lord Jesus, be a blessing to the kingdom of God. Go with us now, Lord Jesus, until we return on Friday evening. And, Lord Jesus, worshiping you and praising your name. In Jesus Christ, we ask it. Amen and amen. Again, Friday evening, 7 o'clock is when we get started, okay? And if you want to pray for the revival, you can come at 6. Yes, thank you, Lord. Anybody we're going to be, church will be, uh, be, be open at 6 o'clock. Anyone wants to come in and pray prior to it. Uh, look, as I've already told you, Prayer, revival never happens without prayer. Never. Never, ever. Amen. God bless you. God go with you.
Now it's praise team's turn.